the calendar, the beauty of where we are, there's a kingdom principle that I want to talk about today that I think falls in line very well with Mother's Day. Uh, look, we've been talking. I, uh, Tam did the thing last night. She said part five. I didn't realize this has been five weeks. Uh, we've been talking for five weeks on the kingdom of God. Why, Pastor, do you keep talking about this? Well, Jesus talked about it a lot, so we can talk about it a lot. Um, this was what he taught about more than anything else in Scripture. And so I really have been compelled to take some time and really dig into this. Uh, remember the parable that we started with? The kingdom is like a man who found a treasure in a field. I believe that there is treasure in the kingdom of God and our understanding of the kingdom of God. And I long for us to understand it. That treasure, as we've looked at this, it can be found in the old treasures and new treasures of the storeroom, the Old Testament and New Testament, as we're inspired by the Spirit of God. We get the treasures of God when we submit to God. The, the fullness of his kingdom won't be revealed unless we repent and submit to him. That was, that was where we were a few weeks ago. And last week we talked about the one we love. We have the king's authority when we're in his kingdom. When we've submitted and placed our, ourselves in his kingdom, we begin to function not just with the authority of man, but with the authority of the king. You talk about a pretty cool authority. That's the authority that spoke everything that we see into existence. That's the one who is the author and finisher of all things, that we get to function in submission, right, with his authority. That's the beauty of, of the kingdom. Today we're going to look at uh, another parable um, that you can see in Scripture. Uh, actually, it's going to be two parables that can be found in the book of Mark. Uh, remember, there's a lot of Jesus' parables that start this way. This is what the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like. So Mark chapter 4, he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or get up, gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. So he doesn't know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stock, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts sickle to it because the harvest has come. This chapter goes on, and there's another parable to be read. And he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all the garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. These two parables, when I look at them in the book of Mark, actually before this is the parable of the sower. You can see that in this chapter as well. It's in Mark, Matthew chapter 13 that we've been in where we were looking at the understanding of the kingdom of God. God seems to often compare his kingdom to, to a garden or to what is being sowed, to seeds. Agriculturally, God compares his kingdom, right? And what is the promise that he's sharing? There's, there's a principle, a kingdom principle that we can see both in both these parables, in, in, in this one and this one. There's a word, this one. There's a word that appears in both of them that I want to focus on today. Because so often we're consumed with getting in the kingdom. And we're content to be in the kingdom. I want to say that the principle I want to talk about today, God isn't satisfied or his plan for our lives isn't simply that we are in the kingdom. Because there was a gardener who sowed seed. And what did that seed do? It grew. I almost said growed. I'm glad someone said grew. 
There's a mustard seed that was planted. And what did that seed do? It grew. There should be an expectation for growth when we're in the kingdom of God. Kingdom growth should be normative in the life of believers. It should be the product of being in the kingdom of God. A gardener doesn't sow seed, so it remains a seed. Right? Jerry's not going to plant a garden this year, so he can just have a bunch of seeds. Why are you going to have a garden? So you'll have pumpkins for the pumpkin extravaganza. See that? See how that works? We don't want pumpkin seeds for the extravaganza. We want pumpkins. When we're a part of the kingdom of God, this is the beauty of the kingdom, we should have an expectation for growth. It's what happens when we're in the kingdom. That first parable we told, what happened? The gardener sowed the seed, and then who made it grow? God is what it said in that parable. If we go back, sorry, we'll look at it again. Uh, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't know how. It's God who made it grow. If we go up to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. There's growth in the kingdom of God. We have an infant this morning, right? Like eight days old, right? Somewhere in there, nine days old. I mean, you'd lose track after your parents for so long. I get it. There's a time we start as infants, and then we get a little bigger, and we get to watch faster. We're not just sleeping. Then we fall asleep when pastor's talking. I didn't point at anybody there. Don't look at... I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready. Uh, we're not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You're still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. This is Paul saying, I planted a seed. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. I don't know that we expect growth in the kingdom of God. I don't know that normally we we, we hold ourselves to this expectation of growth. But the reality of the word of God is that, that when we're a part of the kingdom, we should grow. There's a process of growth that comes in the kingdom of God. There's a process of growth that comes as, as we engage in the kingdom. What did it say? The, the first seed, it grew into like a stalk and then a, then a head and then a, then a kernel in the head. I mean, there's a process to growing for us within the kingdom. I want to say that God has an area, has a way, has a plan for you to continue to grow to full maturity in the kingdom of God. His desire is that you would not simply, I mean, I feel like so often we are simply content. Praise the Lord, we're in the kingdom. 
by repentance and acknowledging Jesus Christ, like I made it to the kingdom. That's awesome. I celebrate that. I rejoice in that. I, I celebrate that with you. But I want to say that God has, has a fulfillment. He has a plan. He has fruit that he desires to accomplish in your life that you must grow in order to accomplish it. There's a process. Matthew 28, we've, we've read these verses a few times. Jesus came and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So often we want to make believers, but we don't want to make disciples. There's a difference. And I'm going to say that again. So often we're so consumed with making believers, but we're not worried about making disciples. But what happens if no one disciples Jessica now? It's great that you made life. But if you don't take care of them, then they'll die. Jesus, when he sent out the disciples, he said, all authority, that's the kingdom of God, the authority that you have has been given to you. That authority is not just to get people in the kingdom, but that, that authority is to allow them to become disciples, followers of Christ. That's literally what the word disciple means, Christ follower. They were disciples of rabbis. Do you know what they would do? They would give up everything when they followed the rabbi. And they would follow the rabbi to learn everything about life from the rabbi. That's what happened when Jesus spoke to the disciples when they were fishing on a boat. Come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. For three years they followed him before Jesus died so that they could learn and grow and get to full maturity before he sent them out. In the 72 we talked about, or the 12 before that, There was growth before fulfillment. There was a season of growing before maturity. That's the way it is with us today. We're called to make disciples. Well, I have to be a disciple to make a disciple. Now, I'm going to say this word. It's one of them church words. We're in a process, right? All believers, every one of us who's breathing, who is alive, who's in the part of the kingdom, we're in a process. That process is this big word called sanctification. Sanctification is a word that sometimes uh, we just ignore because we don't understand it. But look at First Peter. Uh, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk, pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may do what? You may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Sanctification is the process of growing up in our salvation. Sanctification is the process of becoming more and more like Christ. Sanctification means that, that day by day I'm realizing ways in which I can grow, things in which I, I, I can remove from my life, and things in which I can accept in my life. I'm growing in the plans that God has. I'm growing to maturity in Him. In the book of Philippians, Paul writes, Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. If Paul still had to grow, I still have to grow. As a pastor, I don't want to be content in not growing. Someone says, why do you take a master's degree when you're this age in life? Because I want to grow. Every time they start the class and they ask, why are you taking this? And some people are taking it so they can teach. Some people are taking it so they can move on to a doctorate. 
I say, I'm taking it because I want to grow. And I know that I probably won't grow very well if I just do it by myself. So if I have some structure in my life, it's going to force me to grow. That's why I want a master's degree. Because I don't want to be content in not growing. You see, this is the process that we're all in. We all should long to grow in him. Paul continues this process. Second Corinthians, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul acknowledges that, hey, I'm in a process that's being refined. I'm in a process that God is still working through things. Yeah, I've got weaknesses, and those are to remind me sometimes that I'm not enough in myself, to remind me that, guess what? I've got to submit day by day, moment by moment, minute by minute. Because when I do it my way, sometimes my way gets in, in, in his way. And if I really want to do it the best way, I can get his way first so I don't screw it up before he has to fix it. That's Pastor Steve's version. Sanctification is being set apart. It's it's becoming holy. It's the process of becoming like Christ. The more and more I can become like him, the more and more I grow up into maturity like him, the better and better I can accomplish and, and see fruit produced in me and through me. But growth is a process. And processes at time, that's not where I wanted to be. Where's it at? I'll find it. Oh, this is the one I didn't have in my devotion either. Matthew chapter 13, there's another parable that we see. Uh, And and I'll just explain the parable uh, because I don't think I have it typed out. It might be in my notes. Anyway, Jesus compared the kingdom of God to to someone, a baker with, I think it says 60 pounds of flour. And they mix the yeast in until the yeast works its way through the whole batch. Now, I'm not a baker. Uh, Can someone here tell me how long it takes yeast to get in through 60 pounds of yeast, uh, 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 of flour, not 60 pounds of yeast? That'd be a lot of yeast. You'd be making something else, and I'm not going to talk about that. I mean, I think that the point of that parable is that sometimes the process... Takes, takes time. Sometimes we're not content with, with the time that the process takes. There are kids who graduated from, from high school yesterday. We went to the high school graduation. How many of you are glad there's a season of growth before they enter their vocation? So Kyla Vogel, uh, I have it in my notes. She's not here this morning. She graduated yesterday and she wants to be a nurse. Aren't we glad that she doesn't get to say, I'm a nurse, and then she gets to poke us with needles? And learn how to find our pain when we're sitting in an office somewhere? Sometimes you feel that way. That's besides the point. (laughs) Kingdom growth is a process. And sometimes that process takes time. And I want to say, it's okay for it to take time. I've used an analogy of a pecan tree before. I said, welcome to Kentucky. We're going to have pecan pie if we're in Kentucky. From seed to harvest is about 10 years. 
takes me 10 years to get a pecan pie. But if I want a, a strawberry pie, it might be a couple years before you get fruit, but, I mean, you can go buy a plant this year and get fruit this fall and have a strawberry pie this fall. Is one better? No, it's just the way God made them. There will be people who you encounter in life who grow in the kingdom of God, and they may grow faster than you grow. That doesn't mean you're not worthy. It doesn't mean that God's not working. It means that you're in your process to produce the fruit that God has for your life. Now, don't be content to not grow, and don't make that your excuse to not engage the kingdom of God, but realize that your process is your process, and your process may look different than my process because you're producing a different fruit than I'm producing. But we're all in a process, and we've got to engage in the process. In the kingdom of God, we should grow. We should grow in the process. Because growth, there we go, produces fruit. John chapter 15, I love these verses. I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. See, this is the reality of submission. This is the reality of trusting in God. Apart from God, I cannot produce kingdom fruit. When I'm not in line with the Father, when I'm not a part of the vine, when I don't remain in the vine, I can't expect to produce kingdom fruit in my life. But when I submit and I remain and allow Him to be my source and allow Him to be my sustenance and allow Him to be what empowers me, I'm the vine and you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words, they remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's kingdom authority. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God desires fruit to be produced in every one of us. God's created you to produce fruit. Again, your fruit may look different than my fruit. If you planted a pecan tree because you wanted apple pie, you're stupid. Right? Be content with the fruit that God's producing in you. Because we need apples and we need pecans because they both make delicious pies. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. Do you hear what that just says? This is Jesus Christ speaking. Yeah, we think we chose him. No, he said, I chose you. 
I chose you to be a part of my kingdom. I sent you the invitation to my kingdom through my son, Jesus Christ, that you could come, that you could repent, that you could change and align yourself with my kingdom. I chose you so I could appoint you and give you authority. And that authority in which I've given you is to produce fruit. It's not just to do stuff. It's not just to know stuff. He chose you and he appointed you to produce fruit. The king has called you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. As we produce fruit, the kingdom of God is fulfilled. As we produce fruit, the kingdom of God is revealed. You see, that's this whole thing. Remember the treasure thing we talked about? The kingdom isn't just for you. See, that's the cool part about the kingdom. It's not just about me. It's about where God has me. Yes, I will grow in the kingdom of God. Yes, I will mature in the kingdom of God. Yes, I will produce fruit in the kingdom of God. But the apple tree isn't producing fruit for itself. Right? The blackberry bush isn't producing blackberries so we can eat the blackberries. It's producing blackberries for the birds. You see, God has fruit to produce in you that someone else needs to live. Someone else needs for fulfillment. Someone else needs the fruit that God wants to produce in you. There's a child. There's, there's a person in your life. There's someone who needs the fruit, the kingdom fruit, because they're just not satisfied. And God wants his power, his presence, his goodness in your life to grow you, to cause you to mature and produce fruit that's going to satisfy someone else so that they can enter into the kingdom of God. You see, that's what kingdom growth is about. It's not just about me. It's about my place in his plan. It's about his vine that I'm a part of so that we can be effective in the world in which he's placed us. Ephesians chapter 3. So Christ gave himself the apostles. You've been here long enough. You've heard these verses. The the prophets the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for, service, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. This is my calling. This is why God has me here. I'm called as a pastor to equip the people of God so that they can be built up. How? Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. That's my job. That's our job. That's what God wants to use us for, is that we can, we can work with people. We can strengthen them. We can encourage them until they become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful, deceitful scheming. And he, Paul, should not have written that. Deceitful scheming. Couldn't he come up with different words? Those are too close together. My calling is to grow up to maturity. 
My, my, my heart as a pastor is to be effective as a pastor, not just for me. But he's called me to this for you. Do you see that? That's not to toot my horn. Moms, uh, uh, I want to talk to you just for a little bit because really, isn't the goal of moms for our kids to grow to maturity? Yeah, it's nice to hold them right now, but then they start crying and pooping. It's great for someone else to have a baby for a while, and then you get to hold them and love on them. Walt and Carrie, Trevor and Josie walked in, and immediately, it was like a magnet, like drew them over. Because they get to send them home too, right? I mean, our goal is, is maturity. That's why we have kids. We don't want them to stay a baby all the time. Yeah, we say that, but we really don't mean it. We want to see our child grow in the process to full maturity. Walton Carey, so that they can see their child producing fruit that will continue to grow in the kingdom of God. We raise our kids so they can be spiritual women and men who love the Lord with all and raise children who know who Jesus Christ is and can serve him with all so that they can produce fruit. And we can reap a harvest. You know, I've, I, I've talked to several people. And you want to know the most common phrase when someone shares their testimony with me? And I'm not kidding about this. There was more to read there. Oh, well. You can go read that later. 15 and 16 were in my notes. I'm sure it was important, but I'm not going back. Is it 4? Ephesians chapter 4. It says that in my notes. just didn't have it on my slide. It was in the wrong chapter there. Ephesians 4. If you're looking for it, read some more. Um, it's in there somewhere. You can find it. Most common way most testimonies start, and I'm not joking about this. Most testimonies, when, when I ask someone to share their story with me, they usually say there was a significant woman in my life. Typically it was a grandma. It was a mom who drugged me to church all the time when I was a kid. It was an aunt who said that she wanted me to come to church with her each time. You know, it's amazing how... Small beginnings can lead to incredible fruit. Moms, what you're doing in your kid's life is imperative. The process might seem tedious. It might seem ugly. You might feel like there's a lot of fertilizer right now. I don't know. Dad's the challenge to us. Grandpa's the challenge to us. Uncle's the challenge to us. Is why aren't there more than my grandpa? That's a challenge to me. Why is it always grandma? Was grandpa with her? I don't know. The story starts with with a grandma who said, there's something I need you to come be a part of. And I didn't know why I went. And most of those kids, most of those testimonies go, then there was a season where I didn't go to church for a while. But you know what they remembered? They remembered someone that was willing to, to disciple, to invest, to, to, to grow with them. And then that truth, that seed, in, in a moment, in a kingdom moment, it started to spring forth life. They accepted the promise of Jesus Christ, the love of God that was for them, the forgiveness of sin that had, that had kept them from him. And they began to grow into full maturity and produce fruit in the kingdom of God. There's absolute growth in the kingdom of God. My challenge, you guys can come forward.
Two questions. Real simple questions. Are you growing? Are you growing? I'm not talking about physically. (laughs) Yeah, Pastor, I got that one. Check mark. No problem. I'm talking about spiritually. You know, you might just be a stalk. You might be a a kernel or a head without a kernel. I don't know where you are in, in this process. You might be producing fruit, but guess what? We're still growing. Guess what? We're still changing. Guess what? We're still being, being molded and, and, and fulfilled. We're still being sanctified and set apart for the purpose that God has for us. Are you growing? The product of the kingdom of God, the expectation of the kingdom of God is that you would be growing in his kingdom. You would be growing. You would be maturing. You would be making different decisions. We all have friends from high school, right? You've seen them. They haven't grown since high school. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, they've grown a lot, but just not in their head. In their actions, they still do. Levi, don't shake your head. You've only been out of school for like a year. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Pastor, I know. (laughs) Just kidding. I appreciate the enthusiasm, Levi. Are you growing? Because I want to tell you that if you're not, There's conditions that God wants to bring in your life. He wants to fill you with his love. He wants to anoint you with his wisdom. He wants to bring uh, bread that gives you life. He wants to give you water that will cause wellsprings of life to flow from within you. God wants you to grow. If you're not growing, align yourself, position yourself in his kingdom so you can. Question number two. Is there someone who needs to grow because of you? Is there someone who needs kingdom fruit from your life? Is there a grandkid? Is there a kid? Is there a pesky neighbor brat? That needs to grow. That needs to experience the fullness of the kingdom of God that God will reveal through you. Through your life. The other day, I'll tell my wife, she said, is this, I was trying to convince her to preach for Mother's Day just so I could have a Sunday free. And she said, no, I'm not doing that. I got too much on my plate. I'm going to school and teaching and doing all these things, whatever. <laughs> it's done now. But the other day, we were here at prayer, and she was talking about the ability to teach. In her heart, not that she preaches the word of God when she's teaching art, but that her life, the fruit of her life in her classroom would be one in which kids would recognize something different. One in which people would be compelled that there's something more. That maybe they'll reach out at a time apart from the classroom. That maybe there'll be a memory. Greg was talking about Taco Tuesday and why you know, we shove... 30 pounds of hamburger and kids in 20 minutes and we send them back up the hill. Why? Because I want it to be fruit. Fruit that causes them to, to long for. What's different about these people? Why do they continue to let us drag mud in here and make an absolute mess that Roy has to vacuum up and, and Pastor has to clean the carpets and all this stuff? Why would they keep doing that over and over and over again? Because I believe there's fruit. That fruit is love. That fruit is peace. That fruit is joy. That comes through us. That causes others to hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
That fruit is you. It's what God wants to produce in you that others would hunger and thirst for the things of God. Are you growing? Is there someone who needs to grow because of you? Father, we come to you this morning. God, we thank you for the word of God. For simple parables that talk about a a gardener who sows a seed with the expectation of growth. (laughs) Growth that at times starts with the smallest of all seeds, but grows into the largest of all the garden plants. The assurance, God, that you, you chose us. Everyone in this room, God, everyone on this earth, God, you chose us and you appointed us to go and bear fruit. You chose us, God, to be a part of your kingdom. You chose us, Father, to be a child of God, an ambassador of the Almighty. You appointed us to a position of authority. You said you are worthy. You are worthy to speak. You are worthy to share. Your fruit is good enough. I don't know how I got here. God, it was a seed that grew because you made it grow. So God, in this room, if someone God needs watered today, I pray you pour out upon them. God, if there's... Those who need to be fed this day, I pray the word of God would be daily bread for them through Jesus Christ. God, if there's pests that are trying to torment, I speak against them in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that we would be growing in your kingdom to full maturity to produce, God, the fruit that you need to accomplish your will in our world. God, for the moms, I pray for them this morning that they would be mature. God, I ask that that they would be producing fruit for their children. If there's areas, if there's hurts, if there's things, God, that are stopping that, I pray that, that they find a way to experience the fullness of love that comes through Jesus Christ grandmas and aunts. God, use them to produce kingdom fruit for their families. God, use the men in this room, God, to produce fruit that your will your will be accomplished. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, God, in us and through us. God, if there's stuff that we know is in the way, that malice, that hypocrisy, that, that envy, that deceitfulness, that those things, God, that stand in the way of your will, help us to acknowledge and repent. God, this isn't part of your kingdom. I don't want it here. Those thoughts, they're not yours, God. I take them captive in the name of Jesus Christ. For us, Lord, let us completely remain in the vine. In Jesus' name.
they lead us in a, in a chorus here at the end, I'm going to do a couple of things. I'm going to open up a time of prayer. If you want someone to pray with you, I'll still be up here to pray with you this morning. Uh, if you have to go, I want you to know there's flowers. Uh, ironic, I just picked some that I could find at Menards because I'm not the best at this. Uh, gardenias and impatience. I thought that was funny when I saw the name. Mother's Day, giving out impatience. I should be giving out patience, right? Maybe someone needs to sow some impatience so they're not carrying it around with them. That'll preach. Or there's a candy bar because my wife likes chocolate. She doesn't want to plant flowers. I know her well enough to know how this works. So if you'd like to take one, and those are for women who have influence in, in, in people's lives. I understand that not everyone's a mom and physically, but spiritually and, and emotionally and, and even kingdomly. We invest in others, so please feel free to take one. Um, I'll say the the blessing as well, but I still want us to remain for as long as we need just to let God speak to us and show in us what he needs to accomplish. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may turn his face towards you, grant you his peace, and may you keep growing so others can. Be blessed. I said the Lord bless you. That's what I feel like I'm supposed to do again. But just know that God wants to use you in his kingdom. Um, Greg? Anyway, the treasure I, this week is a verse that I've memorized when I was 17 doing teen Bible quizzing. Let's seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. And what I saw in there this week is what's first is our priority. Right? Last summer it was so dry that... I didn't have time every day to water everything that needed watered, but I watered the ones that were the priority. And the context of that verse, seek ye first, is Jesus says, don't worry about what you eat, don't worry about what you drink, don't worry about your clothes, but seek first the kingdom. Amen. In other words, earthly stuff isn't the priority. Make the kingdom your priority. We will water what we want to grow, what our priority are. So I just thought the growth, if we seek the kingdom is our priority, then if growing is our priority, we will seek first the kingdom. Amen. Thank you.